Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the second book of Kings. We are in the middle of chapter 9. We just read of the secret mission that a student prophet prophet of Elisha uh, undertook to to, uh, basically crash a meeting of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of... uh, of Jehoram, the king of Israel's army, and he singled out Yehu, uh, brought him into a, a, a side room, anointed him, and told him, you are now going to be the king, and then he ran for his life so as not to get caught uh, for treason. So that's where we left it, and we're at verse 11, and let's see what Yehu does and what the people that are there, how they react to this um, this mission. So Yehu Adonav. So Yehu comes back, he comes out to the servants of his master. In other words, at this point, they are all loyal servants of the king, at least so far. Vayomerlo, and he said to them, Hashalom. I'm sorry. Vayomerlo is, 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 uh, Vayomer meaning all of them in a singular as a group, said to him, Hashalom, is there peace? Now, we're going to hear this word. I'm just giving you a little heads up. Hashalom is going to come up several times where people ask, is there peace? Is there peace? Is there peace? Again, this gives us the sense that people realize that there, there's something fundamentally wrong. Something is about to go down. The situation is ripe for something big, right? And most likely they understood that a coup was a possibility that somebody is going to get up and take something against the king. I know that just from this particular question here, that's a little bit too much of a conclusion to make, but as we hear this question repeated over and over again, you'll understand why I'm saying this. So they said, is there peace? Or, you know, there was, why did that crazy guy come for you? Now, a meshuga is usually translated as crazy. It's not a very common word. Well, one of the more famous places where the word uh, uh, that's shiga'on, that shin gimel ayin, is used, is when it talks about the suffering of the people uh, when, if, when, when, when in the uh, tochacha, when God tells the people in Deuteronomy, the people of Israel, that if, that if they don't keep the, the laws and, of the Torah and they don't remain faithful to God, that the suffering will be so terrible that they'll be like sugar. They'll be crazy. In other words, they, they, they just can't control themselves. They can't make sense of it. They can't make sense of anything that's happening. Over here, it, it gives you the impression that why did that crazy man, in other words, that that young man who came had such a rush to him. Like he, he wasn't thinking. He wasn't deliberate in what he was doing. He ran in here, pulled you over to the side, like, and there was obviously something really bothering him. Like, so what was it? And he said to them, eh, it's nothing. You know that guy and the way he talks. So, first of all, it makes us think that they might have been familiar. It was this, this was, this, the messenger was so far been introduced as an anonymous young lad who happened to be one of the, uh, you know, no-names in Alicia's uh, prophet school. You know, he was just a young kid. Uh, who was uh, was kind of a beginner in the in learning how to be a prophet? But now he's saying, "Oh, you know the guy and the way he talks." 
So maybe it's not a reference to the fact that they knew the guy, but you know that type of person. They come in here and they ramble about all kinds of things, nothing important. So apparently, at least initially, Yehu was thinking to himself, I was just given a, a task to be king and overthrow the house of the king. I need to be careful. I need to think about what I'm doing. Right? Vayomer Sheker. They said, that's not true. That's false. We know you're lying. Haged nolonu. Tell us now. At this point, Yehu must have sensed that they realized that the nature of the message, they realized that this message had something to do. He didn't just charge into a meeting of the top military chiefs you know, and pull over Yehu, who was probably known to be the most likely person to lead a crusade against the, uh, the king, that this didn't, didn't, didn't just happen out of nowhere. So immediately, without... You know, even though he may have initially thought that he wanted to uh, strategize and stop, he realized right away that these people would would um, be on his side. So he immediately answers, "Vayomer Kazos Vachazos, such and such is what he said." Amar Eli, Lamar, this is what he said. God has stated, "I have made you king over Israel." Immediately, all those people um, agreed. Vayimaharu, and quickly. Each and every one of them took their clothing and they placed it under him, right? On the on the on on the steps, right? So they like set up a, a an ad hoc platform and they blew a shofar. Yehu is now the king. So it, the, we're clearly getting the impression that people First of all, we're very dissatisfied with the leadership of Yehoram, probably as a result of his resounding military defeats. Now he's he's lying in, in, in a sickbed, commiserating with his friend Ahaziahu, who also was defeated. And um, and uh, and it was also known that Yehu would be the person who was going to rise up and take down the king, who was clearly not very well liked to be at all to begin with. So immediately they made this this miniature ceremony, blew a shof, blew a shofar, blew a horn and said, okay, Yehu is king. So they didn't hesitate to get themselves involved in this mutiny, in this uh, coup. Vayit Kasher, Yehu ben Yoshapat ben Imshiel Yoram. And then Yehu then conspired in this manner he conspired against Yoram, the king of Yoram, at this time, Yoram was, um, was uh, defending, it was in Ramot Gilad, defending who v'chol Yisrael, he and all of the people of Israel, right, were, were at the time encamped in Ramot Gilad, defending themselves against Chazoel, the king of Aram. So the, the Chazoel, who also had been appointed by Elisha, so Elisha, number one, appointed the enemy who was attacking them, and now he appointed also the enemy within who is going to overthrow the king, or at least the enemy to Yehoram, not necessarily the enemy to the people of Israel. And Yehoram, you know, despite the fact that he had been there to fight against Chazoel, he had now retreated because of his his, uh, injuries, to, to heal from his wounds, from the wounds that the Arameans had struck against him, and he was fighting against Chazal, the king of Aram. <coughs> and Yehu said, 
If this is your desire, in other words, if you are agreeing to be with me, then here's your instructions. <coughs> Don't let anyone leave the town, anyone who might have heard the ceremony and known that I've been appointed king. The news that I've been appointed should not leave this town so that it should not spread in Israel because, as we'll see in a moment, Yehu wanted to go and take down the king before the king had a chance to mount a defense against this potential coup. So so then Yehu went <coughs> and he rode and went to Yisrael, which is where the king was, because Yoram was at this time lying there ill in his, in his, sick, in his sickbed. At the same time, the king of Yehuda, Ahaziah, was there coming to visit Yoram. And the lookout was standing on the top of the tower of Israel, looking out to see, uh, you know, that no enemies were coming. And he saw the <coughs> group of people that were accompanying Yehu as he was coming. <coughs> so there was a group of soldiers <coughs> that were accompanying Yehu on this trip. And he said, I see a group of soldiers coming. And Yehoram said, Kach Rakov, Ushlach Likrasam. Send a, 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 um, a rider to send him to greet them. Viyomar Hashalom. And ask, let him ask, um, is there peace? Again, this question, it's, it's kind of an odd question. Is there peace? As if there might not be peace. Now, again, it, it, starts, it starts to raise the antenna and make you think that, that, that Yehoram was suspicious that there might be a coup brewing. And again, I admit that from this just one word, Hashalom, you might not have that impression, but you're going to see it repeated over and over again, and we'll understand what the story is. You'll understand why I have that, why I'm taking that inference. So the horse rider went to greet him. So said the king, Hashalom, is there peace? What what is there with, with with you and peace? Like what do you have to do with peace? Get behind me and follow me, right? And now the lookout is watching. Apparently, that's what the horseman did. So the horseman clearly understands to go, that he is being asked by Yehu, either follow with me or there won't be peace if you stand up for the king that you're serving now, right? And the horseman went ahead and started following Yehu. So now the lookout, the messenger went and he didn't come back, meaning he didn't come back with the message, but he joined them. Uh-oh, this is not looking good for Yehoram, right? So he sent a second rider, so says the king, Shalom, right? Now here it doesn't say, Ha-Shalom, is there peace? Which gives you the impression that that. He's saying shalom, meaning more of a command than a question, is let there be peace, right? Or there should be peace with us. And Yehu said the same thing. Follow me. What's with you in peace? You have nothing to do with peace. Follow me. Join me. And one gets the impression that that's exactly what he did. But at this point, Yehu is getting closer. And now the lookout says as follows, uh, he got to him and he didn't come back. In other words, he didn't return with the message, but rather he joined them. 
But at this point, he was close enough that he was able to say, and the way he's riding, the way the leader of this group coming is riding, he looks like the way Yehu rides, because he rides in a crazy way. Now that same unusual term, uh, which was how the men in the, the chiefs of staff meeting uh, in the beginning of this chapter described the student who came, that he was coming as a mishuga, he was coming in a crazy way, right? This is the same way that, that they're describing, this sofet is describing Yehu. So again, one gets the feeling that Yehu and this student prophet are somehow in the same club. And again, that's a hint to something that I'm going to talk about after we read through the entire story of Yehu, something that I'm going to mention when, when I go through a, a review to try to understand, to try to put this all together in some way. So the Because um, so, both of them are being described in the same way, and apparently this is some kind of a, a way that a person acts when they're not thinking, or, or they're not thinking rationally, they're just acting out of their passion. So they're running, 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 but in a non-thinking way, just full of passion. So immediately Yoram said, um, tie up the chariot, tie up meaning hitch up the chariot, and they hitched up his chariot. And the king of Yisrael, and the king of Yehuda went, each one with the rider. And they went to meet Yehu. So the both kings come out against Yehu, understanding that something is not right. <laughs> and in an extremely um, uh, uh, well I would say a cruel almost twist of irony but it's only cruel from the perspective of Yehoram right in the in the field that belonged remember there in Yisrael in Jezreel Navot was the person who Achav and Izevel uh, conspired to take away his his um, his garden and they took away his garden and had him executed and trumped up false charges. And this is a place that just represented the corruption and the cruelty of Achav and Izevel. And this is where Achav's descendant, Yehoram, and Ahaziahu are, are about to meet. Um, they, the, they meet there at that spot. Vayhi kirot Yehoram et Yehu. And when Yehoram saw Yehu Vayomer and he said, Hashalom Yehu, is there peace Yehu? Again, like what kind of a question is that after all of this? One gets the sense again, I think here you could finally see how I, I, I'm understanding this. And that is, is, that, is that he understood that Yehu was going to be or potentially could be the leader that will depose or dethrone him. And he's asking him, are we fighting or not? Like are we together or not? He's still holding on to the hope and possibility that that maybe Yehu did not come here to destroy him. Vayomer, and he said, Mahashalom, what is peace? Like, what do you have to do with peace? There's no place for peace with you. As long as Izevel, Jezebel, your mother, continues on her on her terrible zinune, it would be... Uh, her, her, her um, whoring and prostituting way, like the way that she acts and, and the kinds of things that she does, and her, and her, sorcer, her sorcery, her many sorceries and, 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 and corrupt ways. 
So in other words, as long as you continue on this path, and this is directed against also Ahaziah who's standing there, who's also living that and that lifestyle. Uh, remember, because he's also a member of that family, even though he's the king of the southern kingdom. So what? there is no peace. I can't make peace with you as long as you continue on this path. That's it. It's enough. Right? Immediately, Yehoram recognized what's happening. And clearly, Yehoram understood when he came out there that, that Yehu was, was potentially the one who was going to launch this coup. But now he sees no more shalom. There's no more peace. Yehu is no longer working with them. And here's a, just a point I want to point out. One gets the impression that until now, Yehu was working with them as if there might be some hope. Despite the fact that they knew this entire time that Yehu was a member of the prophet of God team, right? But they, they, Yehu was working with them. He was working within the house. Now, if you recall, and I'm gonna, this is a little bit of a hint as to what I'm going to say when we discuss this whole story later, and that is, is that uh, we had several discussions in this podcast about how uh, you know the different ways of working with the, uh, a wicked house of kings. We talked about the contrast between Eliyahu, Elijah, who, who refused to stay with Ahav, who was always on the outs, arguing with the house of Ahav from the outside, what, in contrast to Ovadjah, who tried to work within the system. And now one gets the sense that Yehu was working within the system, but now he's taking more of a path, a similar, more similar path to Eliyahu. He just went outside the system. <coughs> right? No longer can we work together. Immediately, Yehu Mileya do Bakeshes, he took his, um, his, his bow and, and, he, uh, and he, uh, he filled his hand. In other words, he prepared his bow. He pulled back on the, on the, on the bow and, and, and let the arrow fly. And he struck Yehoram. In other words, as Yehoram was fleeing, struck him between his shoulders. And, and the arrow went... <coughs> Pierced through his back and went came right out through his heart by Yichrabirchbo and he and he dropped dead in his chariot. <coughs> so this was the end of the kingdom of Yehoram. Vayomer and he said El Bidkar show and and he said right away to his officer Bidkar. Remember he came with a group of soldiers. One of them was named Bidkar. So carry him <coughs> and throw him. In the portion of the field that used to belong to Novota Israeli. Because you and I both remember how um, we were riding together with Achav his father. And at this time, um, and at that time, we were there when God made the prophecy, it was then through the Navi Eliyahu who said that um, this is going to be his punishment, right, as follows, which we're about to read. In verse 26, that if, if I have not, in other words, I have seen and, and I have um, taken note of the fact uh, of the blood of the innocent murder of Navot and the innocent murder of of, of 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 his children, right? That I have seen yesterday, God said, 
I am going to repay you and others. I'm going to punish you. In this same field, no says God. Now throw him into that portion of the field as God has spoken. So here we have Yehu taking the role of speaking on behalf of God. Yehu taking the role as if Yehu himself is a prophet. So Yehu acting as if he is a prophet. That is a very important point that I want to make. Keep, keep that in mind. And um, and uh, and uh, and 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 contemplate that because we're going to get back to that thought. I'm going to stop here. This is as as nine uh, B, the second portion of chapter nine. We're going to continue and complete chapter nine in uh, the next podcast. Uh, again, raising questions. Um, the um, the uh, uh, just some uh, other questions, um, things that I want to point out. Uh, you know the fact that uh, well, well the fact that that the, the so quickly everyone was ready to jump to Yehu's side is our points that I that I that I pointed out, and the fact that Yehoram immediately turned around and ran. You know all of these points I want you to contemplate and think about. So that when we discuss this whole story at the end, we're going to put it all together into some interesting thoughts. Thank you so much for studying this portion of chapter 9 together. Looking forward to studying the entire book of Kings together. Have a wonderful day.